When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone. Today's podcast episode is a little bit different than what you have heard here before. I decided it would be pretty cool to talk with some women in my community who either grew up in a household where they did not receive vaccinations or at some point became skeptical towards vaccinations and then changed their mind. I think it's important to have this open dialogue with everyone and really listen to their questions and the reasons why they might be hesitant. And some of these stories are so incredibly powerful. So I really hope you enjoy them. Here we go. Just a little disclaimer before we start this episode, this podcast does not provide medical advice. The information on this podcast is for informational purposes only. No material on this site is intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Hi, Janelle. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm so good. I'm really excited to have you on and go through some questions about vaccinations. So can you just tell us a little bit about growing up? Did you receive vaccinations growing up? And if you didn't, did your parents ever, you know, explain to you why you weren't getting vaccinated or did you maybe not even know that you were supposed to be getting vaccinated? Yeah, um I did not get vaccinated as a child and it wasn't really talked about. I I don't remember exactly when I learned about them, but I would say it was probably in middle school. I remember all my friends receiving the hepatitis vaccinations. Mm. And I remember like asking my mom about it. And she said, oh, no, we have an exemption. You don't have to get them. And, and I, I lo- it was kind of like, oh, okay. And I didn't even think that much about it. I just got the paper that she gave me and I gave it to the school nurse and that was that. And then as time went on, I was just like, oh, isn't that cool? I'm, I'm, I'm different. I'm special. I don't have to get these things that you have to get. <laughs> right. And yeah, I just kind of got more curious about them. And I actually just asked my mom recently, like, what made you not get me vaccinated? Because I have two older sisters that are seven and nine years older than me, and they're both vaccinated. Oh, interesting. So they were fully vaccinated as kids. Yes. And then she just didn't vaccinate you. Right. I came along and at that point she had started getting more involved in like the health health world of like health food stores and homeopathics Mm. and she said that a friend of hers just was like, oh, these are, these are, you know, vaccinations are dangerous and here's why and here's some information to look at. And she said she was easily absorbed into it because mm-hmm. my middle sister had had some vaccination trouble. Like she felt that she had like a bad reaction to them. 
Uh, and then so that was just enough for her to say, nope, I don't want to have you vaccinated. And, and that was it. Wow. And now when did you start? Like, when did you have that conversation with her? Was it when you were like, how old were you, do you think? Um, it was just recently. We've been talking about vaccination okay. a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, like growing up at when you got into your teenage years and, you know, like beyond 18, you move out. Like, did you ever think about it then? Like, you know, am I being exposed at all? Or did you ever think about it? I never thought deeply about it. I, mm-hmm. I never really considered getting vaccinated. I, I was just like, oh, I've been fine until this point. You know, I'm I'm not going to worry about it. And then I would say probably when I was about 23, 24, I studied to become a CNA and got a job working at a facility in Connecticut to take care of the elderly and very quickly got scared to do the job because they were telling me about how patients with dementia would sometimes get a hold of a needle that was in them and like stab people that are working there with them. And I'm like, I'm not vaccinated against anything. And I could catch all sorts of things if that happens to me. So that's when I started getting curious about getting myself vaccinated, but I still didn't actually do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it was just kind of like that that light bulb went off and you were like, "Hmm." Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you just started to kind of ponder it a little bit. Exactly. So, what did she, if you don't mind me asking, what did she use as an exemption? Like, do you know? Religious reason. Okay. Yeah. And are you religious? No. Okay. <laughs> so, I guess this kind of this and did you grow up in Connecticut? Yes. Okay. So this is, I'm sure you've seen kind of, there's, there's been a little bit of some drama as far as, you know, the exemptions and vaccines uh, rather recently. And I guess this has always been my, my issue with these exemptions is that a lot of people that I know that have used exemptions, they always use the religious exemption, but they're not religious. I know. Yeah. That (laughs) makes me really upset because it's putting our kids at risk when other kids are not vaccinated and you can't just use some random exemption. Like if you're actually religiously exempt, I got it, you know, like end of story. But yeah, so I was just curious about that. Yeah, Um, I agree completely. I, I, I felt weird about it. (laughs) I'm like, this, this makes me uncomfortable, but I didn't have the choice in the matter. <laughs> yeah. So can you walk us through like your journey after you started thinking about it? Like when you were 23 and 24, like what happened? Like, yeah, as you started to sit, like, did you talk to certain people? Did you kind of go onto the internet and try to find more information? Did you talk to your physician? Like what kind of, like what kind of brought you down the pathway to, okay, I need to really start considering like catching up on my vaccinations. Yeah, um, a little bit of all of that. I I definitely started looking into it myself, going online. I and now I live in New York and I am a full-time gardener and Oh, that's very cool. Yeah, it's an awesome job. I love it. Yeah. But the thing that ultimately like really started to turn me towards wanting to get vaccinated is I got a rose thorn in my eyeball. <laughs> Oh, and I had to, I had to go to, it's wild. Yeah. I had to go to the emergency room and I got my first tetanus shot ever. Oh yeah. (laughs) And so, you know, after that, I, I ended up talking to my 
physician and saying, hey, I haven't received any vaccinations before this one. And, you know, I'd like to look into it. And I'm not sure if there's extra risks that come along with me getting it as an adult versus if I got it as a kid. And if you have any information. And so she gave me a whole bunch of information that I could take home and look. And I, and I still, I looked at it and I was still, I wanted to, but I just like, there was just something, you know, the voices in my head of my oh, yeah. my parents of, of course. I mean that's how you like, grew up like I mean yeah totally you know understandable. I, just, I just I I just still wasn't quite there to take that next step and then you know COVID came along and <laughs> even though this is kind of unrelated to COVID my husband and I had planned to start a family this year and then COVID hit and you know I was just like okay. Well, I definitely want to get the vaccination when I can, but I was nervous about getting it while I was pregnant. But that was leading to me to me looking at a lot of other vaccination as well because I I knew I wanted to have my daughter vaccinated and I wanted to be vaccinated to protect her. Sorry to interrupt you, but like yeah. what made you think like I definitely want my child to be vaccinated? But you weren't necessarily thinking full vaccination for, I mean, you were thinking about it, but you weren't like, like you were very on board with your child getting vaccinated, but you were still a little unsure about you. Like, Yeah. You know, I just, I, I remember knowing at a young age that like, I was able to be unvaccinated because the people around me were vaccinated. Right. And I remember there being a measles or mumps outbreak here in New York, and I was very nervous around that time because I was like, you know, taking public transportation and mm. wasn't sure if I was going to be safe from that or not. And I just, I knew I didn't want that for my children. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And assumptions had been made about me by all sorts of people that, oh, she's not going to get ha- get her kids vaccinated. And I'm like, mm-hmm. you've never sat down and asked me what my yeah. thoughts are about this. And yeah. I do want to have my kids vaccinated. So, yeah. And I think this should be an absolute open conversation with those that are willing to have it because, I mean, how are you – like, there are so many people no- – that grew up with different beliefs and some of this is really ingrained in them. And it doesn't necessarily mean that they want the same future for themselves or their kids, you know? And I think until someone is willing to have that conversation, that open conversation with them, instead of, you know, inferring that they're going to do one thing or the other, it's, it's not going to get anywhere, you know? Yeah. I mean, if no one was willing to have a conversation with you about it, I mean, you know, maybe you wouldn't have come to the same conclusion. And I just, with people that are open to listening and, you know, asking questions and open to listening to the answers, I think it's something we need to try harder at, like understanding where people are coming from when it comes to that, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, social media has been a huge help in me finding information. Several OBGYNs and Jessica Rivera, the epidemiologist, she's she's amazing. And and your page has uh, and motherhood meets medicine has all been an incredible push and help for me to to make that push to getting myself vaccinated. I that's I mean that is so wonderful and that makes me really really happy and I, I know that's the case for some people and I just my fear too is that you know unfortunately like with social media in general it's just this 
the misinformation and the information that gets the most people like wild up is like the information that goes the farthest and that is most popular, you know? So it's, if someone's talking about, you know, infertility and the COVID vaccine, and then it's got this huge push on people from the scientific end saying, this isn't true. And then people on the other end saying, yes, it is. And here's all the, you know, where we got our information and they're just going at it. Like that post is going to get fired up and then thrown you know, at the top of everybody's feed, as opposed to a post that's just educational and saying, hey, the vaccine, here's some facts about the vaccine, you know, like no one's that's not getting nearly as uh, enough engagement. And so that's my fear with just social media going forward is it's just like, thankfully for you, you were able to fall into that you know, category of people that found the right accounts, you know, to become educated. But there's unfortunately so much misinformation out there that it's like it's it's really scary. It is very scary. Yeah, and and I, you know, when I, I mean, the majority of the patients that come to the ER, and I ask, I ask every single one of my patients if they're vaccinated, every single one, and if they're not vaccinated, I ask them why, and not in a way that's why aren't you vaccinated. It's okay, like let's talk about why you're not vaccinated. Is there something you're concerned about? Are there any questions that you have that I can answer? And nine times out of 10, they tell me social media, like literally their answer is social media period. Like it's not, you know, I saw this one post on it's, it's just social media, social media told me not to. And I got to tell you, like, there's been times that I'm like almost crying in the room. Cause I'm like, how is, how did we get here? Like, this is like so horrible. I mean, so many people are just listening to Susie Q down the street talk about how bad the vaccine is for them, but they won't listen to their own physician that went to school for their entire life and has dedicated their entire life to learning medicine and science and wouldn't hurt a fly, you know, on purpose. You know, it's like their their job is to literally save lives and no one, you know, will listen to us. And it's just, it's become like just so wild. Yeah. That's been a big topic of conversation in my family because my sister lives at home with my mother who was obviously oh, yeah. anti-vax and, but she was anti-vax back in the eighties. She's not <laughs> part of this new anti-vax yeah, movement. Yeah, this is <laughs> old news. And, but my sister is very much fallen into the conspiracy theory, mm-hmm. black hole YouTube of I don't even understand that, that how any of the things that she's saying to my mom are being believed. And luckily, my my, my mom has very be- much been in between the two of us where my sister's this extreme and I'm on the other side and my sister is mean and aggressive to my mother. And I'm just like, hey, I understand you're hesitant and I want you to be vaccinated, obviously, because I love you and I want you to stick around and be here to be the grandmother to my child. And But I'm not going to push you to make this decision. But if you want information, I will share it with you. And and she's been so open to it. And she actually got vaccinated last week. <gasps> oh, my gosh. Yeah. I'm that like, is- so oh happy. Oh, <laughs> yeah. That is insane. Like, see, I'm, I'm like, almost tearing up. Like, that's- I am see, crying. Yeah. <laughs> It, it, I, it, yeah. <laughs> like that's so powerful. And I feel like you couldn't have handled it like any better than you did. Just being 
calm and just saying, I'm here. I'm here if you want information. I'm here if you have questions and just leaving it like that. Because I do believe that a lot of these people that have gone down, like what you said, the uh, conspiracy theory, like black hole of YouTube, they truly need to get themselves out on their own. It's not like you can just reach down and pull them right out and be like, hey, listen to me. Like it, it doesn't work that way. They actually physically need to just figure it out for themselves. Like it's so difficult. And I feel like all you can really say is like, hey, you know, I'm here. I really care about you. I would love to see you, you know, get this vaccine. I understand you're hesitant. Like, let me know if you have questions or what I can do. And I feel like that's all you can really do is just being there and just, you know, every so often saying, hey, you know, I'm still here if you want to talk about that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But you can't, you you just can't force these, you know, some of these people to have that conversation if they don't want to have it. It just doesn't get anywhere most of the time. But that is so, that makes me so excited. Yeah. She even like, she sent me a text and was like, thank you so much for being patient with me and helping me oh get here. Gosh. Yeah. It was really, really wonderful. <laughs> that is, well, congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so when did you end up getting your COVID vaccine? I got mine about a month after I gave birth. Oh, oh yeah. So you gave birth. Yeah. Wonderful. And then- you got the vaccine. So what month was that? I got it in May. Oh, nice. And are you breastfeeding? I was. I'm I'm no longer. Yeah. But no, I mean, at least, you know, it's cool that your baby probably got some antibodies through that. Yeah. I, I had a lot, I had a lot of trouble with my supply, unfortunately, but I kept going and kept going because I wanted to get as many antibodies to her as possible. <laughs> yeah, I'm breastfeeding is very difficult. So I and especially first babies, like I was a total wreck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so anything you can do a day or two or week, you know, is is helpful. So you did you say that you were going to start catching up or what are you doing uh, about the rest of um, your vaccines? Are yeah, you going so to I've, yeah I have started I got my MMR and that I just got a couple months ago. Are they scheduling them out like in a specific way for you? They aren't, but I want to look more into that. I have to actually touch base with my physician soon and see if if we're going to work on getting a schedule for the rest of them. Because now that I'm not breastfeeding, I want to... I want to crack down and and get them all. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's so interesting. And I'm sure people listening might also have some questions, you know, if they are thinking about the same thing, you know, if they weren't vaccinated as children and just looking into as an adult, what that schedule might look like is just interesting. I, I myself don't even know what it would look like because I don't practice adult outpatient medicine, but if you want to follow up with me at some point and let me know, I'm just curious what they say as far as how to space them out and everything. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. All right. So let's end it with, if you were talking with someone, and I guess this is kind of like the example with your mom, but what is one thing that you would want to tell them if they're hesitant about vaccines? What would you say? I think, you know, it, for me, it goes back to that vaccines work because the majority of us get get them. And I understand that there's always this chance of something going wrong with vaccines because we're all different. But for the most part... <laughs> vaccines are life-saving sciences and and when we can get them it's just so important to do so because there's people that can't and they're at risk by us not getting them when we can and that that's really sad and scary and i think it's so important that we take care of each other yeah we take care of each other by taking care of ourselves so amen yeah. <laughs>
<laughs> I love it. All right. Well, thank you so much, Janelle, for sharing with us. I feel like it's it's really powerful. Your story was amazing, and I know it will be helpful for other people. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Hey, Megan, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. So I'm I'm really excited for you to share your story. I mean, you you shared very briefly in the email to me about starting off with a family from anti-vaxxers and then your husband as well. And so I'd love for you to kind of just tell us um, about growing up. Like, obviously, you grew up in a household where, you know, you didn't receive vaccines, but like, were you ever really aware of any of that? Like, did your parents make you aware of that? Or was it just like, oh, you know, we're not receiving these and no one needs to know about it? So yeah, no, uh, we, I, I actually honestly think I had my full round of vaccines as a child. Like, I don't remember what the eighties schedule was like. I was born Mm -hmm. in the eighties and I realize it's different than today. So I think I had my full rounds and I think my two sisters right below me had partial rounds before there was somebody along the way that my parents spoke to who said, Hey, we're real worried about, you know, these vaccines and everything. And my parents are like, Oh, like, that's a really good point. So I think they held off from doing anything more. I was aware that, that they felt like the, the tetanus shot was actually particularly important for us. I know we spent a lot of time, we grew up in like a, almost a farm setting, like on a space with cows. So my mom uh, felt like that was an important one for us. But other than the tetanus shot, like everybody else, I had a number of brothers and sisters. I'm the oldest of 10. Whoa. We didn't have, didn't have the rest of them. Yeah. You're the oldest? I am. Yes. Wow. And then my husband is kind of number six out of seven. And I think that when he was small, at some point he received a a vaccine and had an adverse reaction. And his Mm -hmm. pediatrician said, hey, listen, this was definitely related to this shot that we gave him. I don't think he should get any more shots. So uh, clearly that gave me pause, you know, Mm -hmm. that uh, his mom was like, I just was really worried like after he had that so that she didn't do any more shots for he or his sister that was younger than him. Okay. So yeah, that was our like growing up like it was, I felt like a lot of the people that we knew were kind of on the same page and all felt similarly that there was concerns that maybe, maybe the shots weren't totally like, I think they felt they were concerned, like there were adverse reactions, which of course we know like those happen, but that they were more common than people were led to believe, you know, there was okay. a lot of distrust of the, the general medical practices and stuff. So we didn't really go to the doctor very often. Like we didn't do like well checks or anything. Like we, if we were sick, we went. You know, my baby brother had he was a preemie, and so he clearly we had him and the doctor a lot. But otherwise, like we just didn't do like the well check thing and all that. So that was our experience hmm. as kids. And I know we just talked about this, but uh, where did you grow up? Uh, I'm in Texas. Yeah. So that's wild that you're one of 10. What was that like? <laughs> Actually, it's fun. I love it. I bet. <laughs> I would have 10. My husband's like, okay, let's slow it down. <laughs> Everyone um, always yeah. asks me, are you going to have 10? I was like, I don't know. I don't think I have enough time <laughs> to get yeah. to 10 at this point. <laughs> well, you know, and not to like totally hijack the podcast and start talking right. about that, but it's, I think it's really hard. Like 
back in the day and not necessarily like the as, as if the 80s were back in the day, but I feel like now things are just different. I, I would find it very difficult to, I only allow my kids to be in one activity per season because I just can't handle it. I mean, and I have a fourth baby who's not even in any of those things. So I can't imagine adding the fourth in there. It's just too crazy. And so I'm thinking to myself, like, if I had any more, I wouldn't be able to give them this attention. Like, I wouldn't even be able to bring them to an activity. You know, I feel like if you're homeschooling and you don't participate in any like organized type of sport or any of that, then I feel like it would be very doable, you know? And if you lived on a farm and you're just like, okay, this is like what we do. We're farmers and we go out and we, this is our activity, you know? And I feel like that life sounds wonderful to me too, but you know, it's like all about being realistic, but I find it fascinating. And I love hearing from people that are from big families. Yeah, I don't know if you have heard of Anna from In Honor of Design. Oh, I haven't heard of her. She's a blogger. She's like an OG blogger though, like from way back when. And she's such a sweet, amazing human being, but um, she's really good with interior design. And she's one of oh gosh, I'm going to mess it up, but like one of 10 or 11 or something. And I remember her saying for Christmas, they literally put everybody in the same house, like all the, you know, uh, cousins and just everybody. And there's just like a million people under one roof and everybody just sleeps everywhere. I'm like, you know, like, can you imagine being a kid growing up with that? Like, I don't know. I think that's wonderful. So yeah. How many kids do you have now? Um, we have four. We are youngest is about the same age as yours. Yeah. Yeah. What were what were your thoughts growing up? Like, did you think anything of this, or were you just like, "Oh, okay, this is you know normal"? Because uh, of I, like, I think I felt like it was pretty normal. Like, I was like, "Oh yeah, like this, this sounds like a good plan." Like, you know, if we're concerned, it's better to not, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, yeah. So, when did you start to think about vaccines again? Like, when did it come back up? I think I started to have a few questions as an adult. Oh, I mentioned that I was a nanny for an ER doctor, and I'm going to say she's probably the first influence in my life that made me start questioning whether or not that's what I wanted to pursue. She asked me to get a flu shot, and I was like, well, mm. why would I do that? Like, yeah, everybody knows they don't work anyway. You know, like, just, you know. And she was like, I'm going to ask if if you're going to work for me, would you just would you just please do this for me? And I was like, well, I guess I can do it. Like, I mean, what's going to happen? Like, I'm an mm-hmm. adult, like, you know. And so I got it and it was no big deal. But like, I remember having extensive conversation with her about it. And I got married while I was working for her and got pregnant with our first. And I was pregnant. She was like, this is really important. Like, like pregnant women are the most important to protect with the flu shot. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, but like even the doctor that I was going to like, oh, you don't need to expose your baby to that kind of mercury. And so like my doctor said it. So like it must be real. So anyway, she was the first one to kind of like kind of open the door because I really like trusted her. Like I knew her really well and I felt like we came from on the same page in a lot of other areas. And so it was very easy to talk to her about it. And she was like, I just really wish you would reconsider, you know. So I think that was the first time I started thinking about it. And then we had our children, but we didn't start vaccinating at first. It was our third uh, was born with hip plastic right heart syndrome, which means he's basically has the use of one of his ventricles, which is the left side. So we we were in the hospital and we're like all talking about this. And they're like, you're going to really need to like, 
do like things really differently. You're going to have to be really careful with him. You're going to have to like get him all his vaccines and stuff. And my husband's like, wait, wait now, like what vaccines? Like, tell me about this. And so we had a lot of deep conversations with our heart surgeon, with the pediatrician, and they were so good and patient with us. And we're mm-hmm. able to like, like, you know, we asked all the questions like, well, what about this? And what about that? And they were able to explain to us and we're like, oh, that makes sense. Like that makes mm-hmm. sense. And because of our unique situation, like we're like, you know, even our heart surgeon is like, listen, we might have a different conversation if your kid was heart healthy. Like we're in America. And so you're, you know, privileged basically to be able to choose whether or not. Right. Because the majority is vaccinated. And that's why it's a privilege is because the majority of people get vaccinated. Yeah. And I, like that was the first time that the word privilege ever really started to sink in for me and for me to understand what that meant. And so we, we chatted and I was like, okay, let's think about this. And we thought about it and we're like, listen, like we can't, we can't really take risks with him. Right. And so they promised us like, listen, we're going to be watching your kid like a hawk. If he had an adverse reaction to a shot, like we're going to be right there all over it. And so we're like, yeah, this is true. Like this is the time to try it for lack of a better way of putting it. So anyway, we did. We like proceeded with vaccines and I took our big two kids to a pediatrician. We had not really had, we, like we had somebody we went to like when they were newborns or whatever, but I didn't really follow up a lot. And so we established with a new pediatrician and I was really grateful that they worked with me. Like they didn't go like, you haven't vaccinated your kids. Like what kind mm-hmm. of woman are you? And they helped us work, work out a schedule to catch them up. So we did like, we just, that that was our introduction to it and when we started to change our minds was it was for our our son because we knew like for him to get measles or chicken box or something like that's it's a different. whole new deal than yeah. you know a kid who's starting out from with a whole healthy heart right right no i mean i think it's wonderful though that you had that experience with your sons, you know, with their doctors and and they were really patient with you. And I think that that's so important because, you know, everybody does come from a really unique situation. And I do, I do feel like a lot of people are willing to listen and say, okay, like, I don't know everything about this and I want to know more about it. And so those are the people that I feel like are so important to reach because it's like, you know what I mean? Like, and some people are, are, are actually lost in, you know, maybe a conspiracy theory or what have you. And that's different. That's hard. And those people usually aren't reachable and they have to kind of come out of it on their own per se. But I just, I'm really happy that you had that experience. I mean, yeah, that's that, that was the turning point was having people that we trusted. Like we had already experienced this like roller coaster of a ride with him. He was in the hospital for 10 weeks after birth and like, we trusted these people. I mean, they, they had proved themselves to us and then to be able to have these conversations and they didn't belittle us. They didn't say, Oh, you're so dumb for like being yeah. concerned. They were so patient and be just able to explain, Oh, well, this is how it works. And this is why we do it this way. And it just, it was so comforting mm-hmm. to have somebody that we felt like was in our corner be able to explain it to us and not like, Oh, like this is so ridiculous. Like this is dumb. Yeah, like I'm not even going to discuss this with you because you should just like get them vaccinated and be done with it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, what about your husband and and do you did you guys get the COVID vaccine? How do you feel about that? You know, it's it feels like a whole new world. The last few years, like 
with social media, things are just like changing, right? The way we interact with our world and the way we learn things and do things. So with, with this last pregnancy with our fourth, I guess I started getting on Instagram. (laughs) And so like whenever COVID kind of hit and everything shut down, like I was like, Hey, look, I've got time to like scroll through and check out what these Instagram stories are all about. And I mean, (laughs) no lie. Like I know this sounds ridiculous. This is the way I'm educating myself, but that's like my introduction to everything. So like, I think it was about that time I started following your page I started following a few other pages. I don't remember how I found them. Like it was usually like one person I followed said, Hey, you should follow these people. Mm -hmm. And I go follow them and try them out, you know? And so I was able to find some of these people that were researching. They were in the thick of it. They were, you know, learning all the information. And so I started following them from the beginning and I was able to follow the whole process through Mm -hmm. the vaccine creations. And they would, you know, update like, this is what we're learning and this is how it's going and everything. And um, so I was able to follow that process and I felt very comfortable and safe by the time they were released. And then there was still some time, you know, at first it was for, you know, immunocompromised people and the older people or whatever. So there was still more time for me to continue on. Like this looks, I mean, great. So yeah, I was very comfortable with it personally. And I think it was in the end of April, maybe it was the beginning of April, that in, in our area, it was released to everybody of this year. We actually had COVID last July, like in mm-hmm. 2020 before the vaccine. Mm-hmm. So I didn't feel like a lot of pressure, like I needed to get it. But at the same time, we knew that our son was going to have heart surgery this year. And I wanted to be able to go ahead and do it and just be like, okay, like I've had the vaccine. Like mm-hmm. I can tell, I can tell the hospital staff or whatever, because we didn't know what we were going to be in, what level we were going to be in when we were going to have heart surgery. Like, were they going to, were they going to ask us to have vaccine? I just wanted to mm-hmm. go ahead and have it right. done. So like right. I could say, here it is. I've got my vaccine. So yeah. I went ahead as soon as it was released to everybody and I went ahead and made my appointment Yeah, and got vaccinated. Yeah. No, that's great. And so did you experience like anything from your families, like your parents, did they, were they involved with this at all or did they not really care? Honestly, I didn't really make a big deal about it because most of our family is still pretty strongly anti-vaccine. It's been very tricky for me to navigate because I never wanted to come across them like I think that they were like wrong. Like mm-hmm. I don't want them to think that I look down on them or cuz I know it has a p- the potential to affect our relationship if they feel like well they just thought we were crazy and like we did things wrong and they're doing things differently like I wanted it to be like, listen, we're in a different place. Like we have a different Mm -hmm. set of circumstances, you know, with our son, like this is just really important. So I didn't really make a big deal about it. I didn't really tell a lot of, a lot of my family. Mm -hmm. I don't think I've told that at all to my, my husband's family that I had it. But so it's kind of been like, I've told a couple of them, but it wasn't a super positive experience. So we just like, we just, I try to do my best. Like I want to be there if they want to have a conversation, if they want to ask questions, but I don't want to push it on them because I don't think it will help anything. And I think I've not done as good a job as I could have at certain points in time, but yeah, because I want that to be an open relationship that we can talk about things like that. 
Right. And I mean, I I do think too, it's really important for all of us to understand from both sides of this that like parents are just trying to do what they they personally think is good for their own children. Like they're doing it out of love. Like it's not like they're like, we're not giving you vaccines because we want you to get polio. Exactly. Exactly. Like it made total sense. Like I understand they were, especially my husband, like literally had a reaction and his pediatrician said, let's not give him any more vaccines. Like coming from that perspective, it makes total sense to me to be like, Hey, I'm, I'm not going to do this. And so, yeah, like it's really, it's really important to recognize, like you said, the perspectives, like a lot of people are super concerned and the people in my circles and my families, like they're very concerned that these vaccines are not safe. Even if, even if you and I understand that the research says otherwise, like there's a lot of distrust right now around institutions in general. And, and they feel like they just, they just don't feel like they're being told the truth all the time or that people have an agenda. Well, I think it's because there's so much mixed messaging and I don't think the government as a whole, like we could go like into different sec, but I just don't think they've done a great job at, just relaying the information. (laughs) Like it's very, okay, the vaccine is so great, which it is, it is like straight up like the end, but, oh, but you know, uh, you're going to need a booster or you're going to, and it's like, okay, but that just creates like, okay, well, if the vaccine is so great, why do I need a booster? Yes. No, I've literally been sitting here like face palming, like, oh my gosh. It's like, come on. And there's, there's literally no science to support a booster yet. So I'm like, what are we talking about here? And so I think, and I, so that I completely, I completely get too. So it's like when somebody has reasonable questions like that, it's like, no, I totally understand where you're coming from. I I do because it is very confusing. And you do hear like, you know, one, you might hear one physician say one thing and then, and then it's just like slightly conflicting. And you're like, I don't understand this. This is so weird. Why the messaging really from the beginning should have been like, Hey, we made this vaccine. It's proving out to be really, really safe and effective. Yeah. We're going to keep studying it and we'll keep you updated. And then a couple months later, okay, we have these results. The vaccine looks safe and effective. It's like just this rambling on of like nonsense. And it's just so confusing because they go back and forth and back and forth. The back and forth is not. And then the mask and the no mask. And, the, and I'm like, oh my gosh. And I mean, I get it because science is ever changing and, you know, the variants right. change everything. And, you know, you, you, we might get another variant in a couple months that changes lit- and, and it could be completely useless up against the vaccine, you know, like so, or the vaccine could be useless up against this new variant, you know, and then, and then we have to start from scratch. Anything can happen, especially when we're dealing with a new virus that we have never seen before. And so from the scientific standpoint, I can understand it because I'm like, okay, they're just, they're changing everything so fast because they have to, because otherwise like we can't keep up. But then from a, from the standpoint of somebody who has no scientific background, you're like, are these people like high? (laughs) You know, because they're just going back and forth and back and forth. And it frustrates me because I feel like I follow enough people in the scientific community, plus we have our own amazing network. And I feel like I have a good handle on what's what's real science that's happening right now and what's not. Yeah. What's like people just bandying stuff about like, maybe we should do boosters. And so I'm able to like, I'm able to see through the noise and kind of figure out what's what. But like to them, it's all just like literally like flip flopping back and forth from one day to the next. And then yeah. And then like the whole mandate thing. 
<laughs> oh my gosh. I feel like this is totally going to backfire on everything. Cause I, yeah, I feel like I, I shouldn't have, but I was like, listen, you know, they said they're not going to make any mandates. They're not going to make any mandates. Like, it's real. They're not going to make any. And then like this whole thing came out was like, oh, I'm in so much trouble now because they're like, see, we told you. <laughs> well, I had said the same thing. I was like, they're not going to make mandates. And I do think actually, I think Dog came out with a really good video on this today. But yeah, I mean, so part of me, I will, I won't lie. There's part of me, like a small part of me that's like, yes, mandates, please. Like, let's get out of this thing. But <laughs> When you're really talking about the big picture and reaching as many people as you can, especially people that are on the fence about the vaccine, you just lost those people. Exactly. Exactly. Because it's like, you know, you can't make the decision on your own. We're going to make it for you. And it's like, right. oh, because I have family members like, listen, we had we had COVID. Like, we don't need the vaccine. And you yeah. and I can discuss whether or not that's 100% accurate or not. But I feel like I have seen enough science supporting the idea that natural immunity is pretty hefty for mm -hmm. at least a time. I mean, clearly we're all still evolving right now. We're still learning and everything. But like I, I do feel like, well, for the idea of trying to reach herd immunity or whatever, like that it counts for something. Yeah. So, so yeah, like a lot of my family's like, well, now we've already had COVID, like we don't even need the vaccine and now they're mm -hmm. going to make us all get the vaccine. And, you know, it does yeah. feel yeah. like an attack, like an attempt to control, yeah. And so I see how they feel that way. I see. And I'm like, oh, like you just lost so many people. I, I think there are people out there who probably are sitting around like they just haven't gotten it because it's not convenient. You know, mm -hmm. I, I know a couple of yeah, yeah. people who are totally not against vaccines. They just haven't got it because it hasn't fit their schedule. Yeah. And yeah. so, but like, I just feel like there's so many fewer of those. I'm not really sure that it's, it's going to be helpful. Yeah. No, I demand it. Yeah. Uh, so, okay. Tell me if you were talking with somebody that was open to talking, having this conversation and they were really hesitant about vaccines, like what's something that you would tell them that you kind of learned along the way? So, I, well, I guess coming from where I've come from. So if it's somebody that's like, we're in the same circles that I was in, I think the biggest thing that was helpful to me was understanding what it, what vaccines are are and what they're not. Mm -hmm. And so when you understand that like the point is to help introduce this to your immune system so that even if you still have a breakthrough case it's not as severe like that was a game changer to me to understand that that's actually how vaccines work. Like it's not a like get out of jail free card like you're never going to have whatever but it helps introduce it to your immune system. Like it was super mm -hmm. big for me to understand oh so now like there are people who are still getting sick, even with the vaccine. And some of them are even still a very small number are still being hospitalized, but like they're not dying. Like the way people who are not vaccinated are like their bodies have already been exposed and they're able to start like fighting it better. Yeah. So that's like one thing that I would say, like, it's just, it's, I can just see, I can see the numbers myself. Like mm -hmm. there are no, I don't know anybody who's been vaccinated who's had to be in the hospital. Mm -hmm. And you live in a state where there's there's it's, a lot of people in the really hospital. It's really bad right now. It really is. Like we went in for my son's surgery and like that was right as things were really hitting a peak, I think. Mm -hmm. And they mm -hmm. like shut everything back down. Yeah. So, you know, like the beds are all full. The hospitals are full. Like they're canceling elective surgeries. It's yeah, it's pretty bad. Pretty wild. Oh, man. I wish we could see some sort of like, you know, <laughs> way out of this thing. 
Oh my goodness. Well, I really appreciate you sharing your story with us, Megan. I I love hearing, you know, from different perspectives and just seeing like how you all, how you just came to, you know, this conclusion of, you know, we're, we're going to do this for our family and, and how you got there. I think that's really awesome that you shared that with us. Yeah. I was really excited to come on and chat with you. Awesome. Well, I hope you have a great night. Thanks. You too. Hi, Katie. How are you? I'm doing really good. How are you? Great. I'm really excited to hear all about your story. So if you want to start off with just telling us a little bit about how you grew up and then kind of like your your vaccine story throughout your life thus far. Oh, sure. So I grew up on military bases. My dad was in the army and my mom was a stay-at-home mom. And our family was very, I guess, by the book is a good way to describe it. Like, you know, routine dental exams, routine well-child visits. So I got all of my scheduled vaccinations growing up because that's just kind of what we did. People weren't really asking questions or, you know, presenting our choices as, you know, something that we needed to doubt or ask more about. Mm -hmm. And so I was kind of blissfully unaware that vaccination was up for debate until I was a teenager. And then I had my first son when I was 20. Mm -hmm. And at that time, I kind of started, you know, hanging out with more moms. And, you know, these were moms with lots of different backgrounds, lots of different experiences with vaccinations in their own lives. And I started, you know, kind of hearing these like, you know, horror stories of, you know, kids getting autism from being vaccinated. And I was a really young mom. And sometimes it was my experience that, you know, when you're 20 years old and you have your first baby and, and then I had my second baby when I was 22, but I looked like I was like 12. (laughs) Sometimes when you go to the doctor, people make judgments about you. And I had a really, it was a really unfortunate experience at the pediatrician. And I think it was around the time that the study came out that has now been debunked and the doctor has lost his license to practice. Oh, that yeah. Is so, yeah, that associated. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about already. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's so unfortunate. It was. And, yeah. you know, I didn't feel a lot of support at the pediatrician and I felt like they were really harsh with me. And I brought my two kids in. And at this time, my oldest son had received some vaccines and so had my second son. But a nurse was in there and she had a really gruff personality. Mm. You know, she brought in these vials and then another nurse came in and was like, no, they don't get that vaccine, you know, that manufacturer. And at the time we were on state health insurance. So for me, it felt like I was this young mom. I was on state health insurance. You know, they're doing this kind of switcheroo about which, you know, vaccine my kids were going to get. And it really freaked me out. Mm, yeah. You know, I just you know, wanted- like getting a, a lesser quality. Am I like, what do, what do you, what do you do? Yeah. I, I can completely, I completely right. understand that. Yeah. And so after that appointment, you know, I- made the decision to stop getting the kids vaccinated. 
Isn't that wild? I wonder if those medical professionals know that that's what happened after you left. Like, I wish they did. Hey, you know, this mom stopped vaccinating her kids because of this, like, incident that happened. Right. It was really unfortunate. And I think that it was a real missed opportunity because they could have explained to me, you know, the vaccines are the same. We just have to follow these guidelines because of the way the insurance reimbursements work. Right. And, you know, it just, yeah, it it was too bad. Thinking back about it, I'm like, oh, that was really sad. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so then I had a third son and I didn't vaccinate him at all Mm -hmm. until he was a teenager. And right around... 2019, I don't, I think it was 2019. All the years are blurring together now. But in 2018, I had a little girl. And so this will, this will piece it together. (laughs) And where I live in the Portland, Oregon area, Vancouver, Mm -hmm. Washington, Mm -hmm. there was a measles outbreak. Oh, yes. I remember this. Yeah. Yeah. And so she was too young to get her MMR vaccination. And so I actually had to quarantine with her for about six to eight weeks until she was old enough to get the first shot. And I really, you know, started kind of opening up more towards the possibility of getting vaccinated a few years ago when I met a naturopath and her name is Dr. Busetto. She's up in Sandy, Oregon. Mm Mm-hmm. And she used to practice in Portland too, but I think she lives up in Sandy now. And so her office is up there, but she really sat with me and sat with my three boys. And she really explained to me like all of the different parts of the vaccines, like, you know, some of the vaccines that have like, I think it's the aluminum in them Mm -hmm. to draw attention to that part of your body. So the vaccine can get to work. And she you know, talk to me about all of them without judgment, but she also really knew what she was talking about and could communicate it to me in this way where it just kind of started clicking for me. So by the time I, you know, had these three teenagers, I have this little toddler and I have to live through the first round of quarantine with the measles outbreak. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Crazy. Right. It was it was it was wild so then you know a year year and a half later the pandemic hits and when our doctor dr busetto suggested you know that our family get the vaccine she said you know we were all great candidates for it i was not hesitant at all because of all of the work that i had done with her and you know her explaining vaccines to me and then you know living through a measles quarantine is is no fun <laughs> Does not sound it at all, especially with older kids in the house. I mean, that's what's most difficult, I feel like, is just like because your other kids like want to go out and do everything, you know? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And so that was, you know, that was rough. So I wish we could just kind of bottle up your conversations with her and like put them on the internet with all that other crazy stuff that's out there because I feel like that's actually like helpful information. <laughs> I wish that too. I, I, you know, I tell her all the time because we've had to, you know, do telehealth appointments with her throughout the pandemic. Yeah. It's like every step of the way because we had to figure out, you know, could my kids see their dad? Could my kids see my parents? Mm-hmm. You know, all of this stuff. Yeah. But it, I think it almost at every telehealth meeting with her, like I've thanked her 
for being so supportive and, you know, just kind of like being like my guiding light about vaccinations. Yeah. No, that's just so wonderful. So is everybody like in your, like are all your kids now caught up on everything? My older two boys are all caught up and my third son is almost all caught up. That's so cool. Mm-hmm. I love that. So let me ask you. So you said you guys, I mean, whoever could got the COVID vaccine too. Yep. So my husband and I got the COVID vaccine. My 19-year-old got it. My 17-year-old got it. And my 14-year-old got it. That's awesome. And everybody is doing fine and well. Yeah, we're all doing great. We got the Pfizer version. Yep. And it was so interesting because, you know, I was raised on military bases. Mm -hmm. And up here in Washington, it was the National Guard who, you know, they had this whole, you know, like, production going at the fairgrounds where you just drive your car through mm-hmm. and you just open your door and they you give shot you your shot. <laughs> yeah. And it really reminded me of living on army bases. I was like, I was, I was ready for this from my childhood. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I sit back and I, I think to myself, like, how crazy is it that we are living in the midst of a pandemic? Like pe- people are going to be talking about this a hundred years from now. Like this is the kind of stuff that, I mean, this is, it's crazy to be able to say we live through this. So like. It really is. And I, it really made me dive into the history of the Spanish flu pandemic. Yeah. And I wish they would have told us more about that in school or, you know, in history classes in college. I don't know if you've heard about the anti-mask society from like, I think it was like, you know, 1918. It was this lawyer in San Francisco and she spearheaded this organization that probably cost a lot of people their lives. And it was just based on what? Hashtag freedom or? (laughs) I think so. From what I understand. Yeah. Yeah. It was based on. I mean, it's just history repeating itself. And and that's what's so crazy is people are like, you know, why do these like, why, why do these things exist? Like, why are we still arguing about this? It's so political. And I'm like, I mean, I understand that some of it definitely is political, but at the same time, like these same protesting type thing, like anti-mask, anti-vaccine, they, they have been like, this is just history repeating itself. Like we've been through, we've been here before and people did the same things back then too. Like this is not new. <laughs> like these, these people that are claiming these things and saying, you know, we don't want to do math. Like that's, that's always been part of it. Like it's just, and unfortunately, you know, and it's harmful to society, you know, it's so shameful. Like I, you, you got to think like who was affected by like those comments, like someone seeing somebody in the street, like with this sign and then said, Oh, I'm, I'm not going to wear a mask because that person's questioning it. And then they get COVID and die, you know, or, you know, the flu and die. And it's like, it's just so scary. And it's so scary that there's just like so much information now with social media, you know, back in 1918, they didn't have to deal with all of this other misinformation. Now it's just like at your disposal. You can see it all the time. Right. It is. And it's so interesting. So after my dad got out of the army, he became a nurse and now he's a nurse at a VA hospital. Mm -hmm. And, you know, listening to him talk about his experience, like he can actually see firsthand that the vaccine works. Like he sees people, you know, who come in and they've had the vaccine. So if they've, you know, if they have COVID, their symptoms are not that bad. Mm -hmm. But then he sees people who have refused to get the vaccine and they are not doing very well at all. Yeah. 
Yeah. And it's, it's really, it's just such a roll of the dice. And yes, like there are people with comorbids that obviously are more likely to do worse, but overall you, there's no way to know. Like there are perfectly healthy people that I have seen that a lot of medical providers have seen that don't do well and they die. And we don't know why. Is there some predisposing factor like that might be familial? Like I know there was a family, somebody that follows me had told me there's a family up in Canada and I don't remember where in Canada now, but the whole family got COVID. They didn't want to get the vaccine. The whole family, I think it was a family of five. Everybody died. The mom, the dad, two kids, everybody died except for the toddler. Oh, that's so yeah. sad. Yeah. And it's like, you got to wonder, like, is there a familial aspect? Like some sort of like, did they have, you know what I mean? Like if everybody right. caught it and di- like, you got to think like, what is going on there? Like that everybody, right. It's just so, so weird. And we can't explain it. And that's the scariest part because, and as you've seen with Delta, like we don't know what variant could be next. So is it going to be one that's more lethal, more deadly? I don't know, you know, and, and it breeds in people that are unvaccinated. So that's how the variants are born. The virus can't like make a new variant if it doesn't have a host to do it in. But unfortunately have, it has a lot of hosts (laughs) all over the world. So well, and I I appreciate all of the information that you put out consistently about the vaccine, because even though I was solid in my choice to get it, it was still nice to have those daily reminders. Like, mm-hmm. yes, Katie, you are doing the right thing. Like, I'm still nursing my toddler. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, uh, when I drove up to get the first shot, the the National Guard guy said to me, he's like, well, you're breastfeeding. We don't know what's going to happen with this? And I said, that's okay. I, I'm confident I'm going to be okay. And, yeah. and that it'll, you know, it's not going to hurt my breast milk. But the reason I was so solid in saying that is because of all of the things that you were putting out. Oh, I appreciate that. And I mean, it was scary in the beginning. I'll say like in December, I, I was just telling the person before you, like it was, we didn't have the support as far as breastfeeding and pregnant women, we just, it wasn't there. I mean, right. the, the vaccine itself is safe and effective, but we didn't have, you know, the research to say, okay, but it is definitely safe in pregnancy and breastfeeding. We think it probably is, you know, science points to that direction that everything would be fine, but we, we just don't know. And so, I mean, I was even like, Ooh, I don't know. My husband was like, <laughs> Lindsay, you're getting the vaccine like this, like, okay, what are your concerns? And I'm like, I don't know, <laughs> but it's just the unknown. I like to have that data, but it was also cool to be the data. Like I, so I, you know, I, I kind of switched with my anxiety and I was like, okay, well, I'm going to take this anxiety and do something with it. So then I was like emailing all these p- like places, like, are you, can I be in your study? Can I be in your study? And got to be in a study where they studied my breast milk and like said, yeah, like there's antibodies here and they get to publish that. And it's just so cool, you know, to like be part of the science that was supporting breastfeeding moms, you know, to tell us, hey, like this is safe and there's antibodies here. So that was cool. Yeah. Because everybody just wants what's best for their kids. Yeah. And to feel confident that, yeah, that what they're doing is the right thing. And that's what I've been saying uh, in a lot of these episodes is talking with some of you has been really eye-opening for me because, I mean, number one, obviously, regardless of someone's decision with the vaccine, they want what's best for their child. And so it's like, I just, I wish 
that everybody would be open to just like having a conversation with someone and just like learning more about how they work and like like just like you did with your naturopath, you know, like and just listening to it. And you can still make the same decision and all that. I just wish they had access to somebody like that person that you went to that could tell them, hey, like, you know, like an actual conversation, like face to face, as opposed to like getting any type of information like over Instagram or Facebook or YouTube. Right. And I just, I appreciated so much that she was not in a rush to get me out of her door. Like, I, I think like she could really see the opportunity to connect with me and give me the information that I needed. And she took her time and she answered all of my questions. And it was just such a different experience than the one I had at the pediatrician, you know, 10 years before that. Yeah. Well, and it's great that you we're open to that again, though, instead of like saying, well, I've had a really bad experience. Like, I don't even want to go down this road. I don't want to have this conversation. You know what I mean? Like, right. So you were also open to being like, okay, like, let, let's talk about this again, you know, even despite like having had a bad experience with a medical professional. So yeah, I think that's like, that's really great. So, okay. So last question, if you were sitting with somebody who was open to having a conversation uh, about vaccines in general, what would your what would be your advice to them as far as like if they were feeling hesitant? Well, my advice would be to find a medical professional that clicks with them. And I would even say, you know, if they can go talk to two or three or four and see what each person has to say. And my guess is if you go to five medical professionals, at least four out of the five are going to have good things to say about the vaccine. You know, not just the COVID vaccine, but vaccines in general. And I think finding somebody to really walk you through all of your concerns and who, you know, is taking you seriously, who's putting aside the time to talk to you about it. I think that, you know, like when people go to therapy and they say the biggest thing is like the personality fit with your therapist. Yeah. Yeah. I think when it comes to vaccinations, it's the same way. Like you really need to click with that doctor. And so they can hold that space for you where you can kind of wrestle with the struggle of, is this okay? Is this not okay? And they can just be like compassionate, but also solid of this is okay. This is healthy. They can explain the public health perspective to you. I think just really finding that good, solid provider is my number one piece of advice. Yeah. Someone you trust, I feel like is so huge. And like you said, just like that in per, like an in-person just, I feel like is just so much more valuable. You get so much more out of it. I know a lot of people have said like, oh, I've actually found a lot of great information on social media, um, on Instagram and following these certain accounts. And I think that that's really, really great. I think it's sometimes dangerous only because it only takes like following one rabbit hole to get really deep and lost into something that actually isn't necessarily true. And then it's really hard to discern like what is and what isn't. Right. It's always going to be so much better to talk with somebody in real life, <laughs> whether that's anybody, a friend, a relative, a family member, anybody, just connecting with humans in real life and having real life discussions is always going to trump anything you can find online. It's just a different experience. Right. It really is. And my vaccine conversations with Dr. Busetto were in her office. 
all of our follow-up stuff, you know, the last couple of years has mostly been telehealth. Right. But I think our foundation relationship was really built on that in-person meeting that we had with her. Yeah. Yeah. So Katie, it was really great hearing your story. This was amazing. Thank you so much for taking the time. Oh, thank you so much. I really enjoyed talking with you. Awesome. Have a great night. Okay. You too. Hi, Anna. I'm really excited to have you on the podcast tonight to talk about your story. And if you want to just lead us in with, you know, how you grew up and then how you were introduced to vaccines and things like that, that would be great. Yeah, absolutely. So I grew up in a family with six kids. I'm the fourth and none of us were vaccinated. Um, My dad is actually a pastor. And that was that kind of played a role in it a little bit. Um, Like when we would sign up for sports or things like that in school, and you're supposed to have a physical and have your Mm -hmm. proof of vaccination, stuff like that. We would just write that it was for religious reasons that we didn't have any vaccination history, which is kind of a lie. I mean, there was nothing in our religion that that said that we shouldn't be vaccinated or couldn't be vaccinated. It was just kind of our our way out, I guess. But we never went to like doctors at all. My dad was very against any medical treatments. It mm-hmm. was I can count on one hand the the number of times that I've gone to the doctor like before I was 18. I was homeschooled um before high school and it was it was only for like emergencies. Like if there was like I had my shoulder dislocated one time, that I went to the doctor for. But stuff like that, you know, it was only like, oh, we can't, we can't use natural remedies to kind of fix this. Uh, that's when we would go to the doctor. My, I actually talked to my mom recently. She's still, she doesn't go to the doctor. My youngest sister is, she just turned 21. And my mom said, I haven't gone to the doctor since I gave birth to your sister. I'm like, oh wow. my goodness, you need to get a mammogram. <laughs> like oh, that's, wow. yeah. So it's, it's one of those things that it's just, my parents, they think it's, like the medical system is corrupt, I suppose. But uh, my my siblings and I, I think we're all vaccinated now. I'm not super close with my brother, so I'm not positive that he is. We don't talk a whole lot. But um, I know my younger sisters, I helped them get vaccinated because that was really important to me that, that I kind of helped them through it because I yeah. had a lot of anxiety about getting vaccinated when I took that step. So helping them to kind of find a doctor because we didn't have a you know normal doctor that we went to and and making those steps when you because we felt like we were going to be judged you know you go in as an 18 year old you're like <laughs> I've never had a vaccine uh, our fear is that they're going to be like oh my gosh what's wrong with you mm-hmm. but overwhelmingly thankfully that wasn't the reaction it was like oh great okay well yeah here's what we're gonna do here's what you can do so uh, I mean my experience, has been nothing but positive. Well, that's not true as far as vaccines go, because I did get, I had an allergic reaction to one, <laughs> to the flu shot, I think it was 2019. But besides that, I did have, um, I've only had positive reactions with like doctors. And yeah, I guess I don't, I don't talk about that with my parents though. It's one of those things, it's just kind of like a don't talk about it, don't mention the doctor. Um, like I was born at home that type of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's very, 
I guess it's just a kind of a hushed topic around. Do they health. know that you got vaccinated? They, because I'm kind of, I'm kind of like outspoken and they know that I, I mean, they know I have the COVID vaccine. I haven't ever told them that I got vaccinated, but I think they know just based on how I act and the way that I kind of, you know, promote going to the doctor and taking care of yourself and being proactive. I, I assume they know but I haven't ever told them. I haven't had that conversation. It's one of those things. Like I remember telling my dad that I was on antidepressants when I was 19. I think I started them. Oh my goodness. He, he just like, it, it like wasn't a conversation. He just kind of was like, you know, okay. I like walked away. I could tell it was like, Ooh, this is really uncomfortable. He doesn't know what mm. to do with this information that I have a medication that I'm using. Wow. Would your parents take medication if they needed it? Like, my well, my dad always would come up with these remedies. Like he would say, I mean, some of them are I I think pretty legitimate. Like he would have us take like papaya pills if we had like a stomach ache, that type of thing. Oh my gosh, he but he would get into these like he would like eat garlic every day because he'd say, Oh, mm-hmm. that will cure your migraines. He would say, Anna, you need to put honey on your face. You won't have acne, that type of thing. It was all these natural remedies. So my dad does not, he does not take medication. My mom will, she will take, um, like she has had like back surgery um, because she had a ruptured disc in her back and she had her gallbladder removed as well. So they, they have gone to the doctor. Again, it's like emergency situations typically. But my mom will take medications. I know she'll take like Tylenol, things like that. But I'm sure that there are, you know, I I guess I wouldn't really be surprised if one of them dropped dead, which sounds terrible. But it's like there I think there probably are medications that might be beneficial for them. They have no idea what their cholesterol levels are at or stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think my mom is much more willing to do that kind of thing and and have medications, whether they're prescription or not. My dad, I don't think he would. I don't think I've ever seen him have a prescription in his life. Wow. So like, how did you even, did they talk about like vaccines growing up or it was just like a, we don't talk about this. We're not getting these. Maybe you didn't even know they existed until a certain time. Their parenting style was, it was really like, this is just what we do. And you don't question it. You don't complain. This is just kind of, you know, we just don't get vaccines. So it was it was one of those things that I really don't remember them talking about it. And I even talked to my sister about it the other day. Like, did we ever, did they ever talk to us about it? I don't remember them talking to us about it. And she said, like, no, I don't remember it either. Like, it was just kind of this almost hush-hush, no, we don't do that type of topic. Have you ever like talked to them about why or did they ever voice why or it was just because? Well, I learned later on from my mom. My dad won't talk about it, but I learned later on from my mom that one of my dad's family members uh, miscarried a pregnancy after receiving a vaccination. And from what I understand, my dad blamed the vaccine for that. Mm -hmm. But yeah, to this day, it's not something we talk about. I guess, yeah, I... I don't really, I don't really know the full story. I'm not even sure. I talked to my sister about it and we were like, 
was it his mom or was it his sister? We're not even mm. sure what family member it was, but he said that that's what happened. And that's, that's kind of all the information I got from my mom on the subject. Wow. Wild. So when, so how old were you when you were like, Hmm, maybe I want to start getting my vaccines. I, well, I was very interested in medical shows growing up. <laughs> it was one of those Grey's things Anatomy. that I, I don't know. I don't know if it was like, it was so attractive to me because like my dad hated modern medicine so much mm-hmm. or, or what it was like, it was like an act of rebellion. I'm not really sure. Um, but my favorite show <laughs> <laughs> was Dr. Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman. Ooh, I, was, I love that. Oh my, oh my gosh. gosh. You just made me go back in time. Yeah. Okay. I was obsessed with it. Like just my absolute favorite. So that like, yeah. So that takes place like after the civil war. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Obviously. And so there's like all these, there's so many episodes on like epidemics, you know, there's yeah. like characters dying of diphtheria and like influenza. And I remember there's like an episode where Dr. Quinn's like trying to push the smallpox vaccine and saying, you need to take this, you guys, like this is serious. And they're all like, oh, pff, that's, don't, she, she doesn't know what she's talking about. And then a bunch of them die. And it's mm-hmm. it's really upsetting, you yeah. know, and scary to see that kind of thing, especially as a kid. It's like, oh my gosh, like those, those diseases are real. Like that vaccines are what eliminated or like eradicated smallpox like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So the, so you watching those shows kind of like sparked it. Yeah. It just, those things really stuck with me that I was like, wait a second, these are really useful and helpful. And I, you know, was so interested in those kind of like medical shows that mm-hmm. I was like, this, this is something that I wish that I had had, you know, I wish that I had the polio vaccine. I wish that I had, you know, like a tetanus shot. I was so scared of like stepping on a nail and getting tetanus, just not even realizing that I had gotten cut when I was, I think it was like seven or eight. I don't really remember what year it was, but I got whooping cough one summer. Like I got pertussis and was, I was sick the entire summer wasn't able to go to swimming lessons. That's like what I remember out of it was I didn't get to swim all summer and it was horrible. And I was like, I didn't learn till later. That's something I could have been vaccinated for. Yeah. So were you one of the first ones in your family? Were you the first one to get vaccinated? I, I think my brother must've had to get vaccinated now that I say that because he went into the military and I would would think that he would have to get vaccinated. They require a lot. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. So for that, I think he was – because he's older. He would have been the first. But after that, yeah, it would have been me. And I'm kind of considered almost like super liberal to my parents for that reason. Like, oh, she's the type of person to go get vaccines, (laughs) you know? I'm wild and crazy like that, right? Oh, oh man. It's so so wild because your – I mean, your story isn't exactly similar, but – I had somebody else that had, you know, kind of like the same story. It was like she actually grew up uh, with a family of 10 on a Mm -hmm. farm and just all unvaccinated. And it's just, it's wild because, you know, like talking to you guys has been so eye-opening to me because it's like, it's, you know, your parents were doing what they think was best for you. I mean, that's like what parents do, right? It's not like they're trying to be like harmful in any way, but it's like so sad too to also hear like, well, I wish I could have gotten vaccinated, but because, 
you know, you're under 18, it's like your parents get to make these decisions for you, which, you know, can be dangerous if, you know, you do get something that is like, you know, a life-threatening condition that could have been (laughs) saved with the vaccine. It's just, I wish there was a lot more education about it. And I feel like it might really help people to kind of understand like what they actually are and what they actually aren't. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. It's just, it's so crazy. Now, fast forward to let's briefly talk about the COVID vaccine. Because I remember in your email, you had said that you were pregnant and got the COVID vaccine while you're pregnant. So I feel like this is a big jump to being like never vaccinated to then catching up on all your vaccines to then being one of, I think it's like 30% of vaccinated people are pregnant. So I'm interested to hear like what your thoughts are with all of that. Yeah. So that was, I was one of, like, I feel like I was in one of the earlier waves too, because I, I, I don't, I'm not like a school worker, but I work within a school. I'm a schooling to mental health therapist. So my office is within a school. So that qualified me to get the vaccine in February. So it was one of those things where they were like, it, it came out like, like the day before the vac- vaccinations would have been, they were like, oh, hey, does anybody want to get vaccinated tomorrow? Like, I know this is last minute, but it was, it was like this kind of spur of the moment decision for me to sign up for it. But I was lucky to also get a doctor's appointment on that like Thursday, the vaccine would have been on the Friday. I was able to consult with my doctor before I actually went through with the vaccine, which was so awesome. Like, but it was scary because that was, it was still like, you know, early for the vaccine or it felt early to me. One, two, I mean, you know, like in the very beginning there, like I was vaccinated in December and in December, you know, we, it was just like, you know, if you're nursing or if you're pregnant, we literally have no information. Like it's probably fine, but we don't know. And so I was like, I mean, even me who's like in the medical profession, of course, my husband's like, Lindsay, this is completely safe. Just go and get Mm -hmm. the vaccine. And I'm like, I know, but I feel like as women, we kind of automatically have this like like always kind of airing on the side of caution. Like that's just like with everything, right? Not just like that, just everything. So I'm like, ah, you know, I'm nursing. Like I could just wait because we had had COVID, you know, back in March. And I was like, I don't know. I didn't get it then. And I was sleeping right next to you. Like, you know, whatever. <laughs> so, um, you know, just all these excuses. And and I was like, no, you know what? This is ridiculous. I'm going to go get it. Like this is going to be fine. And of course it was fine. And of course I passed antibodies to my baby, which was like the most important thing. but you know, it's, it is scary. Like when you don't have the, the actual studies to say this is safe in pregnancy, like we know this is safe. And so, I mean, in February, we didn't have that either really. Right. And then I, of course I had like the fear of God instilled in me that vaccines cause miscarriage. That was the message that I had received like my, well, not my entire life, but when I found that out from my mom, I was probably like 14, 15 that she had told me that, you know, my dad had lost a family member. So it's like, I'm so grateful for my OB because she took the time to really sit down and discuss it with me to be able to make that informed decision. And I mean, my son Sullivan is four months old now and perfectly healthy. So I'm, I mean, I'm, I feel like I made the perfect decision for me. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, yeah, it's just one of those really tricky topics. I mean, obviously no one wants to, you know, lose a child and miscarriages, I think it's just not talked about enough. So people don't realize how incredibly frequently it happens. I mean, any day I work in the ER, you know, there's, there's so many, I see so many miscarriages. I mean, it's miscarriages all the time. 
And, you know, the average is like one in four. I mean, 25%. Like that is a very, you know, it's a very high percentage of people that will experience miscarriage in their lifetime. And I mean, I had three, you know, and I have four kids. So it's just like they happen all the time. And then coincidentally, you know, like if somebody had taken like Tylenol that day, they'll be like, oh my gosh, the Tylenol caused miscarriage or right. oh my gosh, I went on a plane that day and I miscarried, you know, so the, you know, they just try to, and I understand that too, because when something really traumatic happens, you want to point blame somewhere because it helps a lot with like the coping. So right. you're like, okay, um, well, this would make the most sense. This is definitely what caused that. And so I, for vaccines, I mean, this has been going on forever where mm-hmm. something coincidentally happens, you know, within a couple days or a couple weeks. And it's like, oh, now we can point blame back towards that because that's the only thing that makes sense. And oh, there's so many people that are against vaccines. So this this would like make me feel a lot better to know that this is what it was. Right. And I, I had a miscarriage with my first baby and I know what it's like to be in that headspace of like, what did I do wrong when when really like there's, there's nothing I really can point the blame at. So I can imagine being like, oh, what was the last thing that I did? Oh, I got the vaccine. Yeah. And yeah, and oh, it must have caused it. Yeah, kind of how my my obese um, spoke about it too. Like you know, people just seeking out something to blame, almost yeah. like you know, like oh, my my baby was perfectly healthy at my last appointment. Then they had vaccines, and now they're diagnosed with autism. Like what? Yeah, happened in between. You yeah. know. Yeah. And of course, all that other stuff Right. <laughs> prior to that with all those studies in the UK and all of that, I mean, didn't help. Right. <laughs> so that kind right. of just like sparked it all. But yeah. So what, look, so if you were sitting down with somebody who was open to having this conversation just about vaccines in general, like what's something that you would tell them that helped you along the way when it came to like learning more about vaccines? Uh, well, the therapist in me really wants to, you know, push them to evaluate their concerns and like come up with a specific thing they want to know or see before receiving the vaccine. But just like seeking out like the reason, like what's the reason for their hesitation, you know, but my advice would be just to do your research. Like nothing I say is going to magically change their mind. I think I think I would just want them to do some honest research and look at the numbers, look at the research, educate yourself. Like when people say something like, oh, we don't know the long term effects. My gut wants me to be like, yeah, well, you know, we do. We you just don't understand how vaccines work and you haven't done the research and kind of jump to that point. But I just encourage them to seek out information if they have questions. Don't let their questions just stay unanswered. And wonder, like, what are the long-term effects? You know, seek it out. And whether you get the vaccine or not, don't make your decision out of fear. Yeah. To be educated. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. And yeah, and it's important to, you know, somebody was recently telling me, like, you know, whatever you want to believe, like, you can easily find these days. You know, it's 2021. We have so much information at our discretion. Like, we can literally Google something and whatever we want to find will pop up. So if we want to think that vaccines will make us turn into a monkey, I am sure there's a webpage for that. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, no, like no joke. Like it really. So, yeah. you know, I mean, yeah. And kind of just like using all these different sources at your disposal. So like, you know, if you have an OB, if you have a primary provider, if you have you know, someone in your family that's in the medical field, if you have, you know, like just kind of like feeling it out with all these different people, having different conversations with all of them, and then kind of coming to your own conclusion. 
Right. Like the, the most valuable thing I did was start following doctors or medical professionals like yourself on Instagram and just seeking out, like, like immersing myself in kind of that conversation and not just sitting there wondering like, oh, well, what if this, what about this? There's people out there answering those questions and you can get answers to those questions, even if you don't feel good about it, or there's something like political about it that you don't care for. Look at the science, look at the research and yeah, make it an educated decision. Yeah. I love that. Well, I really appreciate you telling your story, Anna. I think it's going to be really helpful and I hope you have a great night. Awesome. Thanks. You too. Hi, Sophie. How are you? I'm great. How are you doing? Good. I'm happy to have you on. So I think we're going to start with just your story. Just tell us, you know, how you grew up when you started thinking about vaccines and things like that. Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, I grew up getting all my vaccinations. I remember even getting some of them in school. <laughs> really? Yeah. I remember. Where was that? Uh, in Canada, actually. I grew up in oh. Canada. And yeah, okay. the ones we got in elementary school. And yeah, so it just felt like everyone I knew got them and there was no questioning it. And it, I, in my 20s, I had to get caught up on some when I was applying for my U.S. green card. So I got kind of a whole bunch again in my 20s. And it wasn't until I became pregnant for the first time that these, this idea that vaccines could be harmful, maybe, it was kind of first mm-hmm. introduced to me. I thought, okay, well, I just, you know, I need to look into this more and question it. And, you know, when you're a new mom, you're kind of all of a sudden looking at everything a little bit differently because you're trying to be extra careful and and you're kind of vulnerable, I think. You're probably open to things that other ideas normally. Yeah. So that was really kind of when I started questioning it. And I think I just became more fearful of vaccines than of the disease they were supposed to prevent. I think that's ultimately what I found happening. And at first, I was like, oh, I'm just going to kind of space them out, delay them, because my husband was like, you know, okay, I'm on board with that. Before I knew it, my oldest was six and had not been vaccinated. And I just felt too scared to do it. Until last year, it was really COVID and, you know, learning more about vaccines and actually seeing a virus firsthand, the damage that it can do, that really kind of opened my eyes and changed things. And I, I think if that hadn't happened, I would probably still feel the same way I did before, which is weird to think now because now I feel like I'm totally on the other side. But Hmm. that's so interesting. So then COVID hits. And then it was just what seeing like the destruction of it that was like making you say, okay, oh, wow, the actual virus of something can actually be more severe than some adverse reaction. Is that kind of what you were thinking? Or? Uh, Yeah, I think ultimately, that's kind of what happened. I think at first, you know, people were talking about, oh, there's going to end up being a vaccine for this, blah, blah, blah. And I was very much like, well, I won't be getting it, you know, because that was <laughs> my mindset about vaccines. And especially, you know, the COVID one, people were so like, oh, yeah, about this one, right. And so that was kind of my thought. And then I think it was probably fall of last year, when, you know, people thought that summer was going to be so much better, and then it hadn't been and then fall was worse. And I kind of realized, okay, a vaccine might be our only way out of this, you know, if, yeah. really, if vaccines really do work, then that's going to be our only answer. And so I just thought, well, I need to look into it more because it might come down to really needing to make this choice. And I want to make sure I'm getting the best information. And so 
I ended up following a lot of experts on Instagram. And I definitely credit them with being the ones to ultimately change my mind because it was it was just the first time where I felt like I was getting facts that weren't biased, you know, that weren't like being sold to me in some way. I mean, I really, I love hearing that only because I feel like there are so, we've lost so many people because of the misinformation, disinformation on social media. And so it's really comforting and quite frankly, really exciting to hear from somebody saying, hey, well, actually these people on social media, like they did make a difference in what they're doing. Because I mean, they have full-time jobs and they're, this is like in their spare time. Like some of the women that I know on there, you know, it's like, (laughs) they're not making any money. (laughs) They're like literally trying to save lives with this information. And quite frankly, they're probably like really depressed and anxious just because of like having to deal with all of the people that come along with it, which is just unfortunately some like really horrific messages and emails and all of that. So to hear a story like that is really awesome because it's like, oh, shoot, it really does go the other way where you can. I mean, and somebody from your perspective, which is it's not even somebody who's always had their vaccines and they were just hesitant about this one vaccine. It was like, you had adamantly not vaccinated your child, you know? And so to be able to reach you, like that is a really cool thing. So I think that's, I mean, that's really, really awesome. And and that just goes to show you that social media isn't all bad, see? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think with COVID too, we saw, not even just COVID, I would say like the past five years, the amount of misinformation on social media has been such a problem. Yeah. And so now do you look back at some of the stuff that you were maybe reading and digesting as being like misinformation? Oh, for sure. Yeah. There's some now I'm, you know, I'm like, well, why was I convinced that was true? You know, and I can't, I don't have an answer. Like, I don't know how I was convinced of it, but I was. Yeah. Well, first of all, I mean, there's definitely adverse reactions. Adverse reactions happen. I tell this to everybody, like you have an adverse reaction if you have something, if you have alcohol, if you have Tylenol, if you have Motrin, there's adverse reactions for anything that you can put in your body, anything you can do. Like you could go for a run and you could fall and trip and hurt your arm. Like it's, there's an adverse reaction for everything. And, you know, I mean, sure, there could be someone, especially a child, and we don't know maybe what there may be an underlying condition we're not sure of, especially when they're first born, and then they might have a reaction. And most of these, if not all, are not fatal, you know, it's just, but it can be scary or whatever. And I think that if that was my kid, I think that's when you start to be like, oh my gosh. And you probably go to the extreme because, you know, I mean, a mom would do anything for their child. They want to protect them and they want, like, this is all out of love. And so, And I do think a lot of these are probably unrelated, but as a, as a parent, you want to be able to point blame somewhere, especially if it's something that happens to your child. So, you know, if you've, you get your vaccines and I don't know, say it's like month six or something. And then a couple weeks later, something happens. You're like, oh, oh my gosh, they got their vaccines a couple weeks. It was the vaccines. It was the vaccines. And then you join a vaccine group and then everybody tells you it was the vaccine, you know? So it's like, it can end up being this like rabbit hole. And it's unfortunate because we can stand here and say, of course, you know, there's definitely a risk of adverse reactions. It's very, 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 very small, infinitely small. And, you know, the reason why we are still living today, living, breathing humans is because we came up with vaccines. I mean, otherwise we wouldn't be here. And if you go to a third world country that has no vaccines, you'll soon recognize that 
vaccines are very important. And in the US, um, in my previous podcast, we were talking about this is it's a privilege to be able to decline vaccines because the majority of us are vaccinated. And so it's a privilege to say, hey, I don't want those because you don't have to live in a in a place where there aren't any. And, you know, the majority of people are, are not vaccinated. So it's just, it's hard. But yeah, so if you, if you were like sitting down with somebody that was open to having a conversation about vaccines and they were not somebody who previously was vaccinated, what would you say to them? Like, what would be a way that you would, you know, try to make them think more about getting a vaccine? I think my biggest thing would be to just take a closer look at who you're listening to, you know, what their expertise is, whether or not they're profiting off of what they're trying to tell you. And then from there, kind of who you're listening to, but also look more at the numbers. I think that was something with COVID too, is that we were lucky to have the numbers be so public and everything be updated. And, you know, there were so many groups that put graphs together and stuff that the information Mm -hmm. was so widely available. And that was one thing with the adverse reactions, I was able to kind of look and see like, okay, we're seeing, you know, hundreds of thousands, you know, more people getting vaccinated, and they're sharing adverse reactions, right? Like, and we still know that the risk is very tiny. Before when I was in Facebook groups, it, it seemed like well, hundreds of people in this group, you know, their kids have been you know, injured by vaccines. And that seems like so many. But then when you Think about the fact that millions of people are- every every day there are so many kids getting vaccines. Yeah, and I don't say that to yes. be like heartless to anyone who you know was yeah 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 no reaction of course, but just to know that the numbers can be very skewed depending on you know how you're looking at it if right. you're looking at it in a bigger picture. So I think right. that's kind of what I would say to someone is just to kind of shift how you're looking at it and who you're listening to can make a very big difference. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I completely agree. So what are you doing with your son now? Are you just catching him up like on a certain schedule? Yeah. Yeah. I actually have three kids. So we met with a pediatrician about a month ago and got my oldest kind of his first round. And then my youngest just went a couple days ago. So we kind of figured out a schedule that would work. A schedule that works. Yeah. Yeah. And did you get the COVID vaccine? I did. Yeah. I got mine a while ago, but yeah. 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 That's awesome. Yeah. (laughs) So is there anything else you want to add? I think just if there's anyone who's kind of still on the fence, um, I know that's a lot of people have kind of talked to me about, you know, what helped you kind of feel at peace with your decision? Because I think a lot of people are like, okay, I think I'm going to get it, but I still don't feel great about it. And that sort of thing. I think, yeah, just being able to whatever decision you end up making to know that to keep an open mind, right? So whether it's like, not to say like, I'm never going to get it or, mm-hmm. you no, know, I think that it just doesn't have to be this all or nothing and that we don't mm-hmm. have to even label each other. And, you know, I feel like there's a lot mm-hmm. of fighting now between people who want to vaccinate and don't. And I yeah. get it because I get the frustration from either side, but I think ultimately we need to just, you know, stick to like the facts and having empathy for other people because ultimately we're all just trying to keep ourselves safe, right? Yeah. <laughs> we're yeah. All the same end game, just different ideas of how to get there. So I'm yeah. hoping that people can have these conversations more openly without feeling, you know, judged or shamed. And I think that will help a lot of people come around. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I and I totally hear that too. And I always try to remind myself of that because and it's really hard like on a public platform because you do get 
well, at least I have gotten just inundated sometimes with people like yelling at me and telling me all these mistruths. And I'm like, no, but really like, that's really like what you're saying is wrong. And I think I automatically just come to this defensive place where I'm like, it's almost like you can never come to, I I, I know I'll never get to these people. Um, and definitely not when I'm like su- being super defensive, but it's also hard because it's like someone who do- is not in the medical field trying to tell me that like, yeah all of these things are wrong. And I'm like, no, no. So I can be, yeah, you're right. It can be really, really difficult, but I think it's very important because I think that's really the only way to really, you know, reach people. Um, And you're never going to reach them when you're pointing fingers. And, and the other thing I've been trying, and I've been saying it through my podcast too, because I'm, I try to say it in a different way, but you know, the term anti-vaxxers, and I know some people have actually reached out to me and like, you, you can't call us anti-vaxxers. And I'm like, I don't know what else to say. Like, I mean, people that don't prefer the vaccine, I don't know, you know, but they're not all like, like some of them will do a vaccine. Like I was talking with the person before me and her parents always did the tetanus because they lived on a farm. So like they would do the tetanus, but nothing else. And so I really try to like steer away from that term, but it can be hard because I'm like, I don't know what else to use. Yeah. yeah. But you, you're right. I mean, like the labeling thing is, is tough. It's not this all or nothing thing, kind of like with the whole, and not to even bring this up, we're not going to discuss it, but it's um, with the, you know, abortion and thing in Texas. And then, you know, well, you're pro-life and there's no in between and you're pro-choice. There's no in between, but it's not really like that. Right. Because there's, this gray area where you can be pro-life, but you also believe in a woman's rights or you're pro-choice, but you also, you know, would love to see abortion rates go down. You know what I mean? For sure. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, Anywho. (laughs) Too, right? Like, yeah. So many in-betweeners and (laughs) yeah. 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 A lot of people, like I never called myself anti-vax. I've been using the term more lately because it is the term people are using so much now. Yeah. But I always heard people would say, I'm not anti-vax. I'm just for safe vaccines. And the people that, you know, trying to learn more, which I get can sound like very hypocritical now, <laughs> but <laughs> the term that people felt more comfortable with that they were like, Oh, I like the idea of vaccines. They just weren't sure about the ones that we have, I guess, or that idea But maybe a hesitant vaxxer. Yeah. I've been hearing Could that. Could that be a better term? <laughs> COVID one, they're calling them vaccine hesitant instead, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's like a fair, you know, label. Like I'm not totally against this. I want to hear more. I want to learn more. I'm hesitant. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Maybe that's what vaccine. Yeah. All right. Hesitant vaxxers. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for taking the time out of your night. I know that it's difficult with kids, but I really appreciate it. No problem. I was, I was excited to be on here and to talk to you. So I've been a long time follower. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. I appreciate the support. Yeah, of course. All right. Have a good night. Thank you. You too. Hi, Brianna. How are you? Hi, good. How are you? Good. I'm excited to have you on. And I think we should start with just a little bit about your story, just from, you know, when you were a child and then up until now, just kind of like your vaccine history slash story. Sure. Sounds good. Well, thank you for having me. So I grew up in a Christian science home. So basically, we didn't go to any doctor's We would still go to the dentist and eye doctor, but nothing beyond that. And I think when you're growing up, it's just all you know. So, I mean, until you start getting older. 
So I didn't really know any different. And honestly, I didn't know too much about vaccines, I think, until my sister was in college and she went abroad and she had to get some shots to go. And I was like, what? what's this? <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? But yeah, I didn't really think anything of it. You know, I didn't really, there wasn't, of course, anything like COVID, you know, that would draw questions about vaccines. So I didn't really know too much about it. And in school, my mom would always just get us excused for any of the required vaccines. Even I think when I went to college, I think you were supposed to get vaccines to go. But she excused me for that as well. And I think I had questions at that point, but, you know, I didn't really know too much about it. So then when I was an adult, after that, my husband and I, we sign up for life insurance and then you get like a, I don't know, exam. So from there, I found a primary care doctor. That was like my first time going to like a primary care doctor. Your first time ever? Yeah. Well, in college, I had went to like the health center a couple times, but I never had like a... Like a standard. Yeah. Right. (laughs) So he recommended getting the Tdap and I was like, well, okay, I guess I should get it. And I had a horrible reaction. Oh no. What a way to get introduced. Like, you know, they say, oh, everyone's usually fine, (laughs) but. Oh man. So what was your, what was your reaction? It was similar to, you know, the COVID or what a lot of people got the second dose of the COVID where. Yes. So yeah. And like, Fever, chills, I like could not leave bed. So I was a bit turned off from that point. But you know, after I started having kids, it's like, well, I'm all around a lot more kids. I should probably get the flu vaccine. So I did get that and thankfully that was no big deal. But yes, I haven't gotten the T since, even though they you know, it's recommended at each pregnancy. I'm like if I get that, how am I going to take care of the kids? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, with the, you want me to go into like then how I decided to get the COVID? Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I guess the COVID was no brainer to me. You know, um, my husband, he's a scientist and you know, it's it was just the best way to kind of give me some sort of armor, you know, like protection. Against- and did your husband like kind of tell you, you know, because he's a scientist, was he just explaining it to you in a way that made sense or? I mean, yeah, we definitely talked about it and he had probably done more research than I had, but, you know, we both kind of came to it. Like we, it was, it was not even like a question, you know, we both wanted to get it pretty Mm -hmm. much as soon as we could. Yeah. And luckily I was able to schedule mine, I think maybe on like Fridays, just in case I, you know, had a bad reaction that he was going to be able to be home over the weekend. Right, right. Um, which I think he probably would have requested off if it didn't work out that way anyway. Now, did you catch up with the rest of your vaccines? No, I haven't. You know, there's all those like childhood vaccines. Yeah, like um, MMR and that kind of thing. Right. Yeah. I think I'm still like nervous about getting all those. So I haven't. No. And I know like our pediatrician's been surprised. He's like, so you're unvaccinated, you know, before COVID and everything. I'm like, yeah. Like, yeah, but I got the COVID vaccine. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, maybe I, I will catch up on those. So can you explain to us a little bit about like, what is it as a Christian scientist that 
they believe like what, what makes them anti-science or like, you know, against going to the doctor and that sort of thing. Is there like a specific reason? Yeah. I mean, I feel like they're not against it, but it's more that like prayer and everything healing, you know, you can do just by like prayer and they have, they call practitioners who will pray for you and work with you. And so they believe that, you know, that can basically heal anything. But it's interesting that I have a few members in my family that still actively practice Christian science, and uh, most of them got the vaccine. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah. I only talked really about reasoning to my one cousin, and she said, you know, she just didn't want anyone to be worried or, you know, so forth. Now, did did they get other vaccines or just this one? You know, I'm not sure. I think I think my aunt may have had other vaccines because she had visited her daughter when she was in Africa. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, you probably want to get And some. I don't even know if you can, like, get out of those vaccines. Right. So I think she did get some of those. I don't I don't know what they are. but It's, it's so interesting because it's almost like a flip-flop, like, that I haven't heard yet, which is, like, we haven't received the vaccines when we were younger, but we did get the COVID vaccine. Like typically I always hear the, well, yeah, I've gotten every other vaccine, but I don't want to get the COVID vaccine, you know? So it's so interesting to hear. It is so interesting to hear this from you because it's the opposite. And I haven't heard that yet. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if it's from where we live or like our family's been very careful. You know, we haven't really had family gatherings and everything. So yeah. And where are you? We're in Ohio. Okay. So if you are if you were sitting down having a conversation with somebody and they were open to like hearing more about your thoughts on like say the COVID vaccine, for example, mm-hmm. what's something that you would say to them that might make them, you know, like less vaccine hesitant with that particular vaccine? Yeah, I mean, I would just tell them there's nothing to fear about it. It's been researched, it's been tested, it's been proven. And, you know, getting it not only helps save their lives, but, you know, all the people around them. Yeah. And now are you like, are you open to eventually getting your other ones? Or are you like, eh, well, kind of missed that bus. I don't really, or are you like, what's your, like, are you still feeling hesitant because of your first like experience with one of them? I'm kind of feeling hesitant with that. I guess ever since like, since the Tdap, I kind of have been either pregnant or breastfeeding, so I think I'm yeah nervous about doing it during those times. Also, mm-hmm. I don't know. I guess with the COVID, there's like you know, there's an urgency, you know, because it's like in front of our faces and oh yeah, and we're like living in the midst of a pandemic. Yeah, where these other vaccines, like you know, you don't like see it. Like occasionally, you'll hear in the news, oh, there was an outbreak. I don't know, Disney World or something, but. Yeah, I don't know. I might. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I mean, it makes complete sense. The person before you actually was talking to me about she was living in the midst of a measles outbreak and when her daughter was born and her daughter was unvaccinated and she couldn't be vaccinated till uh, I think six or eight weeks later for MMR. Mm-hmm. And so she had to quarantine with her for six to eight weeks Oh wow! because of where they live. And she said that was what 
like led her to change her mind about vaccinating her kids because she saw the disease like happening. And so it does make sense, you know, to me that you were like, okay, well, you know, all these other things that I haven't been vaccinated for aren't happening in front of me right now, but COVID is happening in front of me right now. And I can see, you know, what it's doing and the repercussions of not getting the vaccine. So I totally get that too. It makes sense. Is there anything else you wanted to share that you've learned along the way or experienced or anything? I don't think so. I mean, I think, you know, the fact that some of my other family members got the vaccine, you know, and just that they were also not fearful of getting it, I think is says something. And I don't know, it's just uh, a reassuring to me. I think that, you know, there's all sorts of people out there with all sorts of beliefs, you know, that have gotten it. And it's just kind of another piece of their life at this point. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's really, really interesting. Well, Brianna, I I really, really appreciate you coming on here and, and sharing your story and, you know, part of your life with us. And I really, really hope you have a great night. Yes. Thank you. You too. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. All resources mentioned in this episode can be found in the show notes on lindsayandco.com. To continue these important conversations, head over to Motherhood Meets Medicine on Instagram. Let me know what you learned from this episode and who you would love to hear from next. I always love getting feedback from you. If you're finding value in this podcast, please rate, review, subscribe, and share with a friend. This will help us to reach even more women from around the world. I'll catch you next week. Until then, don't forget to find some time to unplug, unwind, and have a little fun. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.